Amen. And we are living in momentous times, and I know that you hear that all the time, but I can't help but believe that God is about to do some things now in these last days. He's about to do great things. If that's not the case, he's not God. This book is not true, and we're wasting our time. Jesus but when you see the way the world is getting, the Bible says that greater is he that is in us Amen. than he that is in the world. And we see how bad the world is getting. But I can tell you something. The people of God, we will, God will surpass anything that the world is doing. And we will be victorious. Now, how many believe that? Amen. We will be victorious. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles, I ask you to stand with me and turn to the book of Numbers, chapter 13. Wonderful things are happening in the country of France. We, we got a report back. You know, we uh, are sending my son to a bilingual school. That's part of the project that we're, we're, we're raising funds for. In the city of Fontainebleau, France. That's where we are going to launch a church when we get back to France. And we had two schools in mind, and one of the schools did not work out. But how do you know when God does something, he does it right? Amen. The second school that we went to was our second choice, Choice Peak, that opened up. My in-laws went to open house to enroll our son there at that school. When they got to school, the headmistress asked them who they were and where they were from. They told her. And she said, I grew up in Alaska in an evangelical church. She said, ever since I came to Fontainebleau, France, this is the headmistress of my son's school. She said, I've been looking for a church. Thank and God. I'm so glad I met you. And God has been confirming things like that, that when we get back to Fontainebleau, we are ready to start a church. God is doing great things. Praise God. Uh, we were singing in a mall Amen. in another city in France. And as a choir, we were singing. We told you the last time about how God has opened the door for us to be able to minister publicly. And for that's unprecedented in France. And God has really opened doors. We were singing in another city. And a lady came up to the choir and she says, she said, where, where are you folks from? We told her. And we said, well, where are you from? She said, well, I live in a city called Fontainebleau, France. Have you ever heard of it? Have we ever heard of it? Yes. And we got to talk to her. And she says, you know, I used to go to a church there. And that church closed down, and I no longer go to that church, and we need a church in Fontainebleau, France. Do you know about a, a church that Thank I can attend? We said, we know about a church that we can attend. We're about to start a church there. As a matter of fact, we've already started small groups in Fontainebleau, France, and we are about to launch a church when we get back. Her and her daughter want to be baptized. Her daughter wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. Praise going to one of the youth services in the headquarters church get baptized in Jesus' name. Praise and things like that, God is just laying the groundwork for when we get back. So God, we will be victorious in that city. So please keep praying for us. We pray that God will do something in that country and in that city. Amen. Amen. Numbers chapter 13. We begin reading at verse. Number 25, Numbers 13, begin reading at verse 25. The Bible says, And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they told him, verse 27, And they told him, these are the people talking to Moses, They said, We came to the land where you sent us, Moses, and surely it full of milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Verse 28, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Tannic there. 
Amalekites dwell in the land in the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, the Canaanites by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Verse 30, and Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and, and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Verse 33, and they continue on this, this thinking, this, this thought process. They say, and there we saw the giants of the sons of Anak. They were kind of repeating themselves. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. I want to speak to you for a few moments tonight. There's something I've entitled, I still believe. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. I still Lift our voice and ask the Lord to help Hallelujah. us. Lord, my God, let the word, let the spirit move in our lives. Hallelujah. Oh, mighty God, let there be a demonstration of your power. And our faith is in you, even as it has happened to us. You would speak to our hearts. Let us receive it. Let us engage our faith. Let your glory be in you. Oh, we believe in you, we believe in you, we believe in you, we believe in you, oh God, your hope, your faithful, your mercy, great victory because of your presence, great victory because of your touch, thank you God, glory to God, amen, amen, I still believe, a man by the name of Eric, Wine Mayer. He's an American athlete, adventurer, author, activist, and motivational speaker. But the thing that stands out the most about this man is that he is the first blind person ever to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Mount Everest is the highest peak in the world. And this man was the first to ever reach that summit, May 25th, 2001. Climbing Mount Everest was a challenge. It's a challenge. It's been a challenge for many that went before him. In fact, statistics will tell you there are at least 300 people that have died trying to climb that mountain. Mm -hmm. But here is a man that is blind that's made his way to the top of that mountain. But the astonishing thing is, as he was on his way back down from that mountain, his friend looked at him, his coach or his, his partner, his trainer looked at him and he said this. He said, Eric, don't make Everest the greatest thing you ever do. Can you imagine that? He has just accomplished almost what has seems to be the impossible. But as he is on his way back down the mountain, his coach turns to him, his team leader, and says, don't make this the greatest thing that you've ever done. In other words, don't make your greatest victories be in your past. Don't just look at your greatest victories and the testimonies that are behind you. 
You need to understand that because you have accomplished something so great that you are able to go on and accomplish even more. That, that's God. what the man was trying to really say to him. And I thought about our walk with God and our relationship with God. And our best days as a church should never be the days of those behind us. Amen. I was in a church one time and they were saying how they had the best this and they, they used to have the best this and they, they used to have the best that. And I said, we should never talk like that as a church. Jesus Our best days need to be ahead of us. Praise God. I thank God for all the victories that we've had before. I thank God for all the victories Praise that Catholic has had. But I stand here to tell you that God, God. has so much more for you. Praise more God. Than you can even imagine and more than you Praise can even think. Yet to come. I don't care what you 
have been going through, the God that we serve hey, said, Behold, I will do hey, a Amen. He will open doors that no man can shut. Yeah. If we don't believe that, we are wasting our time. Praise God. Amen. God wants us to begin to walk in faith and to believe and trust in him and see mighty miracles, signs, and wonders. God is about to do that. Praise. I pray that in this last day the church will be galvanized and understand that we've got God on our Praise. side. This is not the time to shy away from who we are or what we are, but we've got God on our side. Amen. Amen. The world is against us. Don't ever try to wait for the approval of the world. They are against us. Let me tell you something. We are in a battle like never before. Amen. A few weeks ago, I was reading uh, an article, and I read about this man. I don't even remember the name of the TV show, but he went on an interview, and he was saying that he was on the Daniels fast. Like his, his, uh, and, and they asked him, the interviewer did not know anything about the Daniels fast. So they said, well, well what is that? And he kind of explained to them a little bit about that. He was saying, well, this is something I adapted from my church. And his cold star that next day went on Twitter and she said, Daniel's fast, huh? Question mark, question mark. Isn't that a part of that church that doesn't allow LGBT? Mm. They can't tolerate that. Isn't that, doesn't that come from a part, that, that church that does that? And millions of other people on Twitter joined her in bashing. Listen, folks, to what's happening. At first, when we say, when they used to tell us that you hate people that have alternative, they, they used to say you hate, you, you people hate all those kind of people. And then we said, well, we love, we, we just want them to be saved. But now they're telling us, even if you're a part of a church that says leadership can't involve that, now they're coming against you. You can't even say that you're United Pentecostal anymore because you're going to point your fingers in your face and they're going to say, well, you won't allow people of alternate lifestyles to be in, in, in ministry positions or you won't allow them to be leaders in your church and we don't like you and we don't tolerate you for that. This is not time for us to play games. This is not time for us to be straddling the fence. The world is getting as bad as it can get. And I'm not here to go in a certain movement and I'm not here to be political tonight. But I feel this in my spirit to let you know that it's time for us to get engaged and to know that this is real. I tell you one thing. I have a cousin, cousin of mine, young lady. She got married to another young lady. And they were both high, powerful people in Washington, D.C. And her wife is responsible for going around the country and getting galvanizing a base of homosexuals to run for politics in their different cities. Yeah. That's what her job that's what her job is. She is in a corporation that she is a CEO, and that is their purpose. And they've gone around to different cities, and they've got all these people now to be running for political office. And if you'll talk to her, she'll think that is such a victory for them. And I sat there and I said, oh, God, we kind of sit back and turn our thumbs, and we come to church, and we just kind of go for the status quo. But the people that want to get something done, they are going out there, and they're doing something. I said, what about us, church? God. To run around and do things, but we can't get on our knees. Praise God. Oh God, oh God, help Praise us in these last God. days. We need you. Praise God. Praise God. I still believe. I still believe.
still believe the church that I grew up in is a powerful entity, not because it's called United Pentecostal, but because God is the head of this church. I still believe that we're going to be victorious. Bible says, 
God said, Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess it. But between Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 18, and Deuteronomy 1, verses 21, Moses starts talking to the people. The people start talking to Moses. And when we get to Deuteronomy 1, verse 21, listen to what Moses says. Moses says, God told us to go in and possess the land. And Moses says this. Listen to what he says. In Deuteronomy 1, verse 22, if you have your Bibles, you should, this is a good place to underline. Moses said this, and you people, you people came to me and gave me an idea that we should send spies into the land before we go there. Now, there were other times in the Bible when God would tell his people to send spies into the land before they went there. But in this instance, it doesn't seem like God told them to send spies. Mm. I think God knew their heart. I think God knew what would happen if the spies went out. But they convinced Moses that we need to go send spies out. In other words, they said, I know that God said go in, but we're a little bit reluctant. Mm. Let's go spy it out. Let's get ourselves involved first. Let's go to plan B. Because plan A, I don't trust God enough. I know what he's saying, but I don't trust him enough. Let's go to plan B and decide what we want to do. So they convinced the pastor that, you know what, pastor? We need to send some spies in. And Moses said, the same please me. And so Moses sent the spies in. And after 40 days, 40 in the Bible, the time of testing, a time of trials, after 40 days, they go in and they come back from spying out the land. And they said to Moses, they said, Moses, the land is flowing with milk and honey. It's a great land. And they even said, and look at the fruit of the land, Moses. Here is the fruit of the land. And then they said the worst thing that they could ever say. They said a word. Numbers chapter 13, verses 28. The scripture starts out with this word, nevertheless. Everyone say nevertheless. Nevertheless. They said, nevertheless. They came back, and the report, Brother Zilke, started out positive. Moses, the land full of milk and honey. It's just what God said it was going to be. And look, we even brought the fruit back. And look at it. It's just what God said it was going to be. Can I tell you exactly the promises God has given you? No matter when it comes to it is going to come to pass just Amen. what he said yeah. it's going to be. Amen. Test him. You don't have to try it. He's going to bring it to pass Amen. just as he said. Amen. And this is exactly what he did. And they said, never the less, there are giants in the land, and there are walled cities there. You see, nevertheless, it's not only words that came out of their mouth, but it was a mindset. It was a thinking, it was a thought process. Nevertheless, in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, that word nevertheless meant a cessation. It meant when you say nevertheless, Whatever you say before, nevertheless, comes to an end. Mm. 
a conclusion. It no longer exists, whether in your mind or it does no longer exist. You will not dwell on that anymore. And now what you say after nevertheless becomes your new reality. Mm. So they came back with a positive report. So this is good. The land is good. But then they put that word right in the middle of that sentence and said nevertheless. And when they said nevertheless, the fact that the land was full of milk and honey and the fact that they had the fruit of it, that came to an end in their minds. And after nevertheless, all they could talk about was the walled cities and the giants. So the walled cities and the giants became their new reality. And that began to cloud the promises of God. And that's why they came back to Moses with a negative report. Because instead of seeing the promises of God, all they saw were giants. Jesus God told them the giants were going to be there. He didn't need you to come back with a report that giants were going to be there. All he needed you to do is just go into the land and Praise possess God. it just as he said. Praise God. Bird, we are going to have revival. Amen. Paul said this, there's an open door. But he said there may be I will not stand here before you tonight and say it's going to be easy street from here on in. Praise. But this is what I'm going to tell you. Praise. We are going to have victory. Praise. In spite of the giants. We are going to have victory. That's right. Their minds. Power nevertheless. You've got to put that in your vocabulary, but make your sentence structure the right way. Praise put God. all the negative stuff before nevertheless. It's all right. The Bible says confess. Just talk to God about your problems. Bring your cares in. There's nothing wrong with telling God what's wrong in your life, but Praise make sure you put that nevertheless right after that. Praise and end that whole yeah. thing. And after that, you just say, Praise the victory God. is going to be mine. Praise God. Regardless of what I've said before. Sorry, wrong, 
from Luke 5, verses 4 and 5. Jesus has been teaching all night. And Peter apparently has been fishing all night. I didn't get that, but he was fishing while Jesus, I, I didn't get it, but that's for another day. But Jesus says to him, Peter, launch out into the deep and cast your net beside the boat. Now, Peter could have said, Rabbi, it's not possible. It's what I do for a living. I fish. You can't tell me now the thing that I've been doing all night suddenly is going to turn around? That never happens. What do you mean? Well, this is what Peter says. He starts out with the negative. He says, Jesus, we've been toiling all night and we have caught Nevertheless, at thy word, I Amen. cast out the net. And because the fact that he had been toiling, toiling all night came before the nevertheless, that shows us that his mindset was the fact that I've been toiling all night. I'm not going to dwell on that right now. Praise because God. he, Jesus, is in front of me telling me to do a new thing. He's telling me it doesn't matter what you were doing all night. Right. He's saying, I want you to do something else now. So he went and he got a hold of what Jesus was now telling him to do. And the Bible says Praise he God. cast the net down that they could got such a multitude that they were hardly able to pull the net up out of the boat. Hello. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying go ahead and talk about the negative things yes. but you make sure you put the nevertheless in there yeah. and you say God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all Church now. Yes. 
Then when Grace. I was going to France, people were asking me about the whole the, the whole Muslim situation, everything that was going on. I said, nevertheless, God, and we've seen Muslim men and women speak in tongues at the altar. Praise God. Praise God. You told me some stuff about your family, but I believe God can turn all that. Amen. We've got to believe, folks. We've got to trust God and have faith. We believe in so many other things. Why can't we believe in God? Praise God. You know what they said? The reason why they were saying by the end of that story that, that we look like grasshoppers in our sight. And so do we in their sight also. The one reason they were saying that is because they matched their own physical abilities against what they saw. And God never meant it to be about their physical no. abilities, their skill set. He didn't send them there because they were super warriors. And he knew that with their own strength and with their own might, they would be able to conquer. That's not why he sent them. He sent them there because he said, I will go before you. I will go with you. And because of me, I'm greater than the giants that you see. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But they thought, Brother Gary, that they didn't have the resources to fight. Mm. Well, how many people know that's not the way we fight? Amen. Amen. That's not the way we fight. We don't fight with bombs and guns. We don't fight with we don't fight with all. God was trying to set that precedent all the way back in the Old Testament. He's saying you can have all the weapons you want, you can have all you want, but don't be relying on your weapons. It's all about me. And you know the person that got that in the Bible was David. I come to a close quickly. I promise I'll, I'll take forever here. David, the children of Israel, are in battle. Philistines on one side, children of Israel on the other. Goliath comes up and he's mocking and taunting the children of Israel. Forty days, God, he's doing this. Bible says twice a day. David comes down and he wonders what is going on. And he says, I can take this Goliath off. Saul gets word and Saul says, bring him to me. When they brought David to Saul, David, Saul said, 
here is my armor. Use this to defeat Goliath. David said, that's not how I roll. <laughs> now I've heard many people say, well, Saul was a great warrior and his sword was too heavy for David and that's yeah. why I don't believe that. Because David took Goliath's sword and cut his own head off. So if Goliath's sword wasn't too heavy for David, Saul's sword wasn't too heavy for David. I think the reason why David said, I don't want that, is because he knew Saul was depending on his armor. Saul thought it was the armor that was going to give him the victory. But David knew something else. Because when he came to get David against Goliath, he said, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you a whole different way. I fight a whole different way. to go to the promised land sis, they're going to give it another try they're going to give it another try but this time Jericho is in their way remember the wall cities the Bible called Jericho a fortified if they were going to get entrance to the promised land they'd have to go through Jericho but here they are and I can't help but think because of humanity. Some of those people started to look at the walls of Jericho and say, hmm. Hmm. Let's look at our weaponry. Hmm. Not sure we're going to be able to do this. But Joshua came with the word that the first generation should have listened to all along. Praise God. Joshua came and said, listen, this is how it's going to happen. This is how we're going to fight this thing. We're going to walk, march around this place seven times. Mm -hmm. And on the seventh day, 
We're going to march seven times. And when we march, they're going to blow the shofar. They're going to bang the pots together. And we're going to give up a praise. Come again, Joshua. You said what now? You said we're going to do what? We're going to, we're, we're going to march around here and praise? You mean we have time to be praising when we're looking at a walled city that's right ahead of us that seems like we can't even conquer it? And you want us to start making noise? Don't you mean you want us to start sharpening our swords or building some battering ramps to get through? Don't you mean you want us to start getting ready to do all that to, to rely on our own self and, and rely on the abilities? That, don't you mean you want us to get ready to do it? No! I want you to start marching. And at the march, end of your march, I want you to lift your voices. And I want you to make a shout. And when they marched around that place, and they got the words, God. They lifted up their voice. They banged those pots together. And the Bible said every one of those walls fell down. Not one man to that point had drawn a sword. Not one man had used a banner. Not one man had done Praise God. All they did was be obedient to the word of God and not rely on themselves, but totally rely on what God has said and totally rely on the word of God. And in spite of their situation, they began to lift up a shout and began to praise. And the walls Praise fell. God. Praise God. Praise You can stand with me. So what walls are you facing this evening? Have you given up on God? Have you said, uh, we've been this way, but we've been here before. I don't know God can do it. I say to you, I feel this in my spirit. The promises of God are yea and The most powerful entity in this whole community right now are the people that are sitting right Praise God. Amen. And I feel it in my spirit. Some of you are having trouble Praise God. wrapping your mind around that. Praise God. Because of things that you might be going through or insecurities and, and things that are going on in your mind. You think, how is it possible that I can do anything for God? Praise God. It was never about you. Praise God. It was always about God using you. Praise God. Although you think I can't do it, God, I've done this so many times. I've, I've messed up so many times. I've turned my back on you. So I've done this. I can't do it. I've tried. I'm... Praise you still God. believe. Praise God. God is able. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because we don't believe, we've allowed other things to come in our minds and our lives and take over. And we're so consumed with so many other things that the promises of God are distant, faded in the distance of our minds. Or can I tell Grace Apostolic tonight? 
If you did God in the forefront of your mind, say, praise oh, God. Let me be this shoe. Praise kingdom. God. Because your kingdom, you said, shall be. Hallelujah. Kingdom will never fail. Hallelujah. Consumed with kingdom business. Praise God. Regardless of what's going on around me, let me be consumed. Praise God. And God is going to break down walls, open doors. Thank God. Thank you, with God. Glory to God. Please be, don't be the ones. Glory to God. That have been left in the wilderness because you didn't have enough faith to march on. Mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, mighty God. Blessed be your hope. Hallelujah. Oh, God, hallelujah, 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 oh, hallelujah, 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 halleluj